cliffcentral.com. Hey, you with the Futurology Show right here on Cliff Central. Uh, Brett Lindsay, the digital philosopher in the studio at the moment. BS and Michael Cowan are busy fart-assing around somewhere in the beach uh, doing whatever they are doing at the moment. But I hope you're listening, guys, so you can take a rest, but you still got to listen. Today, we are talking about South by Southwest, and I have no uh, none other than Mr. Gareth Cliff in studio with me. Thank you. I, I felt like I hadn't done enough for three hours already this morning, so yeah, I'm yeah. here for a fourth, but it's with you, so it's different. Oh, it's thanks, cool. man. Cheers. Yeah. Uh, South by South- Southwest. Yes. You so had What an amazing trip. It was uh, fascinating. I was there for um, about seven of the 14 days, and you yeah. know, they divide South by Southwest into three different pieces. Yes. So that there's music, there's film, and there's interactive. Interactive. Interactive is a sort of misleading title. I don't think they knew what to call it because it's part tech, part yes. media. Um, but there's so much happening. How do you yeah, box it all? Part sort of geek celebrities. Yeah. By geek celebrities, I mean you got your your. You've got these people who are making YouTube videos. You've it's like got, the Comic-Con of geeks. Yeah, you've got these billionaires like Chris Sacker. You've got, um, you've got people who are sort of political. I mean, Obama was there last year. Yes, I saw. And that was the but first. But you were there last year, so you saw him? I was there last year as well. We, we didn't go to the hall that he was in. Uh, it was full, but they so, had satellite sort of feeds. Because in my other. mind, you're having tea with him just before no. the keynote and uh, <laughs> no. seeing him afterwards. No, but it's, um, it's this very interesting, it's a it's a rarefied place because you end up being in in environments with very very nerdy developers yeah who are working on the most complicated APIs and software and they're trying to build things that we'll only start using in 5 years time yeah it's very future focused right you got some japanese engineers electrical engineers you've got um, American venture capitalists who are striding around in suits trying to look really, really <laughs> rich because they have lots of money, but it's not theirs, and they want to find something to put that money into that yeah. also isn't theirs so that they can make <laughs> the people whose money it is the real, richer. The real bullshit grade, but done in such a nice, yeah. classy way. And then you've got um, international people. I mean, it's so eclectic because you've got people from Norway and people from China and people from – Kenya and lots of South Africans. Well, when I say lots, lots more this year than last year. Okay, well that's good. Yeah, is it good? Um, well, it is, but but we they have a trade show, yeah, which is the expo part of it, and um, they unveil all kinds of new technological developments and interesting apps and interesting devices and clever things that they're working on, and there are stands for virtually every country in Europe. The Chinese are there, the Japanese are there, yeah. the Koreans are there, the Americans are very much there. Uh, countries like Argentina are seen there. What are they doing? Um, Reinventing the, the gaucho trade. No, I can't remember what Argentina are doing, but they had okay. some kind of a traffic solution okay. that, they were, that they were trying to, to share with everybody. the 50 cars they have on the road at the moment are doing... Yeah, but, but the irritating thing is there's nothing, nothing, nothing from South Africa. And we have... But you were there. Yes, but we weren't at the trade show. Okay. Now, from South Africa, we've got a number of interesting things. We've launched a lot of really, really powerful patents, trademarks, yes. ideas, original inventions. We're an inventive, innovative society. Yeah. And, and, we and are, Elon Musk is no longer represented 
by us. Well, he doesn't. He certainly doesn't believe he's South African anymore. If yes. you ask him, he eschews it immediately, which I think he has a right to do. Yeah. But quite apart from that, he doesn't need to go and do a trade show. For, no, not anymore. You know, no. His ideas. And I don't think a lot of people even know that the genesis of things like PayPal yeah. come, come from this environment because the thinking is bred in this environment. Yes. You know, Shuttleworth, similar yeah. story. Necessity breeds that, don't you think? Correct. It's, it's the bed of innovation. Correct. And and who knows what great inventions are still out there trying to make it through the the noise and the clutter. Yeah. But I did. I was disappointed that there wasn't South African okay. presence there. I mean, I think if we spend all the money that we do on educating people in this country, God knows where it goes to because yeah. they, what are they the come out. Of all this? They come out with shitty matric results. The least they can do is take a portion of that education or the science and technology budget or the. Uh, small business development budget, yeah. which God knows what Lindy Wizulu does with it, and take a a billion rand. It yeah. sounds like a huge amount of money, but if you put it into a trade show at South by Southwest, I can promise you we'd make back three. Yeah. Well, that's the whole point of it. It's to grow new things to get new things, and that's what's amazing. But you got, you got people with prototypes there that they're looking for funding, for example, and the one guy has invented... Uh, glasses that allow you to see with perfect night vision in color. What? Yeah. It seems like voodoo magic. It's real, and he's <laughs> worked on it, and he's tested it, and you can put them on and try it for yourself. They put yeah. you, like those old old school cameras, they put a yeah. cloth over the back of you, <laughs> and you look into this box, and you can see certain objects. Is that what they call immersive? <laughs> Well, this is absolutely, yeah. but the the one immersive experience which you might like since we're being You anecdotal. were a bird. Yeah, I was bird. A bird, birdly is what it's called. Okay, brilliant. So you put on the, the uh, virtual reality headset and you put on the headphones and you climb into this device that it looks like a, almost like an airplane. You lie flat with It looks like a proctologist's bed. <laughs> I, I've never been on one, but that's nice to know about you, Brett. That's great. Um, Fantastic. Thank you. It's more like... Jesus on the cross, but the other way around. So you're facing Face the cross. Okay. And then you have these wings that you can flap yes. and you can turn with your wrist. It would make an amazing gift, by the way. We need to do something like Phenomenal. That. Yeah. And it has a fan that blows into your face. Oh, wow. And the fan blows harder if you're going down faster and it goes... And did you feel yeah. bird-like? Yes, because they've got in the VR headset, they're projecting these images of New York City. Okay. They fly right up to the buildings. Brilliant. Now, uh, one, one question about VR, and we'll probably touch on it a bit yeah. more in the, in the discussion, but where is it going to fit? Because is it the laser disc of the new content? Is it actually this, this fully immersive, non-linear interactive space where people can lose themselves in another world? Or should it be more story focused? Look, we have five senses. So there are only five ways we can interpret our environment. Yes. There's sight, sound, touch, Taste and feel. Hearing. Oh. Sight, sound, touch, taste, feel. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Smell is the one Smell. we left out. So that one's a, feel and touch are the same. That's sort of a, okay. a quirky one. So the point is, um, we've, we've got really close to convincing people. You get fairly rudimentary VR experiences where you're on a roller coaster. Yeah. And it, 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 the vision is pretty much convinced. Yeah. Uh, Show scan in your home is correct. what it is. So your eyes, we can tick that box. The sound, that one we probably got right first. Radio, yeah. radio was the first virtual reality experience in terms of being able to plug in headphones or sit with the Lose speaker yourself. in your car and you imagine you're in the story. Yeah. So virtual reality, I think radio can claim sound. 
Um, to a lesser extent, television and movies can claim vision, but yeah, now yeah. with VR, it's it's now it's completely. We, we've ticked all the boxes Immersive, inside. Yeah. So the, what you've got to ask yourself: What's next? Smell? Yes. Uh, touch or taste? And there was a a girl who was in a suit. I think touch is going to be the toughest one to figure out. Yes. There was a girl in a suit in the Sony exhibition, and the suit is. Connected to a whole bunch of cables. It's as as thick as your arm if you put all the cables together. And they apply pressure in different places and they cool and they heat. And they do various things to convince your body that you're either in water or that you're up high or that you're down low or that you have um, something resisting you or that you have something that you are pushing against. Yeah. So it's okay. It's, I'd say it's about a 20 out of a hundred. Okay. Experience in times of, but in terms of what touch. it's got some room to iterate, which is great. Well, and I think they will. They'll, yes. That'll that'll develop and develop. Um, smell, I believe, is a lot easier to do than we think. Yeah. Because there are only there's a library that we can store of about forty thousand smells in, okay. our, in our memory, and that we can experience. But it's a very fine line between the new car smell and dog shit. Yes. So this that's is where, the point. Yeah. And what they can do is they can apparently. I didn't see anything. That's approximating this yet, but they can apparently now create the ingredients in a library of about 5,000 different smells to okay. make every other smell. So you just have this little smellomatic machine on the side that just says, well, it would be a big smellomatic smell. machine. Oh, okay. Because yeah. if you think about 5,000 little tubes, let's say someone is wearing a certain kind of perfume and yes. you see her in a, in a Roman market. Oh, you now have to have the smell of her particular perfume yeah. in or the, the library. Or the drying sausage. <laughs> you have the, the smell of the Roman market. Yeah. You might have a bit of dust. Yeah. You might have um, some washing powder on a line that's blowing the smell of the washing towards you. There are lots of different things so you've got to think about. There. In the face of there not being any teleportation development yet, mm. the escapism through these semi-real worlds are going to be the future. And, and VR will make us increasingly antisocial. And there are issues around health that need to be considered, yeah. which I don't think a lot of people have thought of. Before. So that's that's sort of where I, I like it. I mean, as a digital philosopher, it's nice to have digital things mm. and, and all these enablement tools. But what is it really doing? What is the vast impact of of well, these things? I think we've, we can foresee a few problems. I don't know if you've spent a lot of time in VR headsets. Yeah, we've done some stuff. But you can... Feel very disoriented afterwards, yeah. and and there's a there's a bit of a problem with acclimatizing back to reality. Yeah. And for people who plug in and these things heat up, and they they're ensconced in it for hours at a time, I think yeah. it could probably have massive health implications yeah. in the long run. I also think that there is a, a component of the inner ear balance mechanics that needs to Weeding out that needs to be reset yeah. after an experience like that. And we've got to find ways to do that without harming people. I, s- I still maintain that without proper regulation or at least some sort of caution going into a lot of these immersive environments, we are going to end up like those creatures, those humans in Wally. I don't know if you've seen it in yeah. 2039, these blobs of disjointed humans. Mm. And there will be. I think we're going, to, we're going to have to be very vigilant about maintaining the things that make us human okay. as opposed to things that we experience as humans. So, um, so VR was an important yes. part of it. In fact, I've divided the, the, the three major pillars of okay. South by Southwest this year into VR, AI, and robots. Perfect. Those We've spoken the, about all of those so far on the Futurology show. So Absolutely. And, and aside from those, there were one or two curiosities 
some musical instruments that I've never seen before. Oh, yeah. Did you see the uh, the the AI bongo player? Was he there? No, but they they had okay. these guys from uh, Japan. Yeah, had created a guitar that has buttons instead of strings. Yes, very interesting. You can learn to play it in they say three hours. Wow, and proficiently, it, I suppose. And it's a lot more intuitive than guitar. Who would know? I mean, they they've. I saw a guy learning on the spot, and he could play. Uh, an approximation of Purple Rain within half an hour. Wow. Not bad. And honestly, and never telling played, you, I've never played before. He's never played That's the guitar brilliant. before. He was, they pulled him randomly out of the crowd, and he, did, he wasn't Japanese. So, <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. One of the things, though, that – so there's automation, these, these, these over-efficient ways of teaching us new traits and new things, and there's AI automation happening. My query is where is creativity in this? Because humans are – Authentically creative beings. All right. So what they did is they got they combined the robots and the AI, and they put yeah. two robots there, and they made them have a conversation. And it, I was not impressed <laughs> with their conversation. No, their conversation was stunted and boring and dry and predicated upon. They're the it's the kind of conversation you would see if a vi- one very very awkward person who just learned to speak English was speaking to another very very awkward uncomfortable kind of socially like pant kind of conversation socially inadequate person who also just learned to speak English. It was awful and painful and irritating, and the, the only reason I sat through it was because the professor from Tokyo University, who had decided to embark upon this experiment, looked funny. That's why I stayed. He looked like a funny kind of he awesome. a bizarre looking guy. Mr. Origato. Yeah. Okay. And then they put to uh, Alexa and, and so Amazon is Alexa and yes. there's the Google one, which the name okay, of which Google. I forget. Yeah. And they made the two of them talk to each other. And that sounded like a, a human conversation. A little bit more context. And they, and they apparently talked to each other for four days in a row. Without running out of things to say wow. or repeating themselves. Wow. And it was a real conversation. So much so. So are we in danger here? Sorry. Well, so much so that the one machine had a made up religion and it converted the <laughs> other machine to its religion. Well, it just shows you that's, it's a lot of nonsense there. Well, so AI, if anything, teaches us that actually you don't have to listen. You just have to know what you're going to say next if you want to replicate exactly. human conversation. Humans don't listen to each other. They uh, have a script almost. While you're answering, yes. I'm thinking of my next question. Yes. While you're questioning, I'm thinking of my answer. Yes. But we're not thinking about each other at all. No. And what the machines are able to do is cut to the, the nub of why we're so shitty at communicating and replicate <laughs> it uh, virtually authentically. So – the machines showed me there and then that people yes. do not listen to each other. Yep. To have a good conversation, you should just talk. <laughs> okay. Cheers. <laughs> and some are better than others. And I think that's if, – if humans are better than some people at certain things, so machines should have a speciality well, see, I, as well. I did listen to you, and what you asked yes. about was creativity. Yes. Now, the machines will be able to have some approximation to creativity mm-hmm. in that they will be able to fill gaps – Yes. You can within parameters. Correct. You can define the jungle gym yes. and then let them swing on it. But they still won't for some foreseeable time be able to come up with wildly different mm. hypotheses, ideas, colors, imaginings. Um and I don't think we're in any danger of losing that 
province for ourselves. The creative space. What AI will do is it will ultimately make repetitive, dull, administrative tasks uh, the work of machines. And this is great news for people like me and for you, but it's terrible news for a secretary or for a production line people, person in a factory. Um, there are lots of people who will ultimately become redundant at the same time as all of this stuff becomes machine work. Yes. And it's going to happen sooner than we think. And there are going to be millions of jobs all over the world that will suddenly – and it won't Just happen overnight, but within the space of a year or two, because disappear. it will happen that yeah. quickly, they'll disappear. And what I've noticed is that it's like those engines, you know, those, those jet engines on those very, very fast – New age aircraft that they use for military propulsion stuff. Yeah, what, what happens is that the, the engine, the more, the faster it goes, the more air it sucks in. Yes. the faster it can combust and compress and. But all the energy push goes up behind it. But it, but the more, the more it's going, the more it goes. Yes, so to speak. Yeah, and when you, when you're talking about the whether it's Moore's law for yeah. processing. Or whether it's the ability for machines to take over mundane human tasks. What happens is in the beginning, the curve is not so great. And before you know what's going on. Exponential rate of increase. Yeah. It's, it's rushing 20 times faster than it was five seconds. And that's what I think some, most people within normal society don't, can't grasp. That's why it's terrifying. It's like a futurist Mm. or a digital philosopher. We're like, we can predict that this is where it's going to go, but what does it mean for the people? In those factories, well, in those places, I, I thought the of burger you, flippers. I thought of you in one of the, the presentations. Now, Ray Kurzweil is, is a name that everybody in futurology, you know, he's the yeah. world's greatest futurist. He was um, at MIT in the beginning when there was a computer that took up four floors, and yeah. he he figured out Moore's Law. And he enjoyed the Arthur C. Clarke's quotes quite directly. Correct. <laughs> yes. and, and was one of those people who did, in, in a very demonstrable way, make predictions that he can now track, and he's got about an 80% success rate. So he's a modern-day Nostradamus. Brilliant. Okay. He was there to help his useless average daughter <laughs> launch her piece-of-shit book. And and she used him. I mean, she's his So he wasn't the main key? No. Note. Oh, wow. No, no okay. she got a, a slot at South by Southwest because, because of him, who her daddy is. She's an uninteresting, unexceptional person who's written an unexceptional, uninteresting book full of her unexceptional, uninteresting drawings and her stories about her grandmother and a whole lot of shit nobody cared about. Nobody Not cared. even her dad, probably. But the hall was full for Ray. Yeah. Ray Kurzweil. And at the end, we got to ask some questions. And um, Brett Loebscher, you had yes. on just the other day. Yep. Last asked, week, yeah. He got to ask a question. We had to send them in uh, via a messaging system. And I sent in uh, – sorry, he sent in his question, and it was about – his predictability and where he thinks it's going and the the, the fear of AI, you know, yeah. something that Elon Musk is obsessed with too. And the question was something along the lines of what happens when the machines think faster when they realize. than we can ever think. Yeah. No, no, not when they realize. Because oh. we don't know that they could ever be sentient. And we, they probably wouldn't let us know either. But sentience implies that there is more than a, a, a consciousness and a conscience that there's also a sense of being yes. that that I know I exist, that I'm not connected to other things, and I'm not just a part of, you know, there are there are funguses, yeah, fungi. The, the largest organism on Earth is some kind of fungus that lives on the floor of the Amazon, and it is connected to other funguses. And I'm using the incorrect term. Yeah, but they're not aware the that they are. 
this one big fungus has no idea that it is one big fungus. Mm. But and it doesn't have a purpose and it doesn't wake up in the morning and go to sleep at night and go, I am X, Y, yeah. and Z. So it's this I'm not I'm X's. hungry, therefore yeah. I must. So now, to quote Descartes, I think, therefore I am. At some point, these machines really are thinking because they're thinking yes. for us. No, they're thinking, but, they, but they're but processing yeah. probably is better. I can't. He couldn't posit a theory about whether machines will ever be sentient. No. An animal is sentient. It was so unrelevant then. But here's the point, is that you've got to realize that the very moment that we reach singularity, where a machine is able to to process information, yes, simple thing, not think, but process information as fast as we are, yep. the very next moment after that, it is thinking double as fast as we will ever, th- and yep. we can never catch up. Our yep. brains, we can evolve over millions of years, yep. and... Like we did when we started walking upright, we developed a much bigger frontal cerebral cortex. Yes. And we started Because we had to, to start thinking ahead of ourselves. Correct. And we yeah. started to develop the ability to philosophize and to, and to understand our emotions and to psychoanalyze and to all these higher thought processes. Yeah. But the, there is no guarantee that once the machines get to double on the singularity – We'll ever be able to get close to them again. No. In other words, the machines will outthink and outpace us in processing at every given stage and by volumes within mm. time. The more time goes on, the the more immaterial our thinking will become. But now this is the this is the for the for the sort of doomsday people out there, they're thinking that Eventually, the machines, they might not have a sentient knowledge of what's happening, but yeah. it doesn't take a lot of ones and zeros to figure out that humans are probably more of the problem than they are of the solution. So, less human involvement in certain or most areas. Uh, no, this is where it gets interesting so, because what we need to do, according to all these wise people, yeah. is we need to become the machines and the machines must become us. And that's where we're going, storing data onto one strand of DNA Using the brain, but mind, more, more oh. especially the the overlap, yes, the interface between biology and technology, and technology, and that I think is where the future trillionaires of the world will come from. The people who first discover, and I yeah. remember there was a neuroscientist that was at South by Southwest the year before, and, mm-hmm. and it was a small room, maybe the size of the studio. About 20 people in it yeah. there to listen to him. He had found a way to use technology to improve memory. Brilliant. So he was working on Parkinson's and Alzheimer's patients. Okay, yes. And he had sort of come up with a a lattice work, a, a gauze yeah. of conductive material yep. that he could superimpose on the neural cortex, the gray matter of the cerebrum of the brain yeah and influence thinking and have thinking influence this because it's all ele- deep it's down all it's impulses, electric yeah so all of our nerves run on the transfer of one electron from a sodium to potassium to a sodium to potassium yeah. to sodium to potassium all the way down each of our axons and dendrites within each of the neurons and we can turn that into something well in, the, in reality more than right, that we right can now. measure it yeah so we know that it's electrical and we know that it's in our nervous system, and we know that it results in a motor movement yep. or a sensory, which is now the antidote for paralysis, degenerative diseases like autism. And so we we should be able 
to replace a nerve, if you sever your finger yeah. and they stitch it back together, Stick and, a USB and the, cable the, on meat, it now. the meat is there and the, the nail grows back and there's hair, but they can't make the nerve reconnect to the yes. nerve. Well, maybe they can. Practically, you should be able to because it's just a piece of it's wire. Just rewiring the house. Yeah. So if we Excellent. can do that, yes. but more especially if we can implant a chip like in... You know, like in these science fiction novels and in the movies where they, you can yep. learn Japanese by uploading a file and the next thing you're going, I know Kung Fu. <laughs> well, imagine. Yes. That'd be now, brilliant. The moment we can do that. Yes. Then any improvement on the machines is an improvement on us. Yes. And we still have what the machines will never have, which is the ability to not follow the program. Yes. Yeah. Machines don't have that ability. No. There's parameters and there's flow. And, and so the concern is in two areas. That number one, what we do program, we make sure programs ethically. Yes. Because the only unethical behavior is going to come from humans. Yeah. And if we're going to, if Moore's law is something that we're going to follow, then we have to understand the robotic, the Moore's law of robotics, which is those, the third one, don't harm humans. Correct. So if they follow that, and remember Google, and, and I was that uh, I, I was in Silicon Valley last mm. year at Google, and they talked to us at length about this whole yeah. thing about the self-driving cars. There's actually a game you can play online, yeah, where you have to make moral choices. Yes, and they're using this game As to it. gather information about what human because we don't all have the same morals. They give you a scenario. They say to you, "Is a car." Car is traveling down the road. It's a driverless car, but there's a family crossing the road. Do you swerve left and kill the dad or swerve right and kid, kill the kid? Um, then they give you an example where there's a dog. Then they give you an example where there's, oh, wow. where there's nobody, but you will write off Moral, the car. ethical problems. And you have to answer in each one what you would do. And you can sit and think about it for hours, but ultimately all that info is going to be put into their big algorithm. Mm-hmm. And hopefully the car will then make the right decision. I saw just this morning Jack Ma, yeah, um, who's the most successful yep. billionaire in China. Okay, he's getting into technology now, Alibaba, all of that stuff. So oh, right, yes, yes, e-commerce. Yes, yes. Jack Ma says we're in for a, a decade of pain when these. It's great fun when that happens. When these cars, <laughs> these driverless cars, start to take to the road, a decade, he says, at least. Well, the pain. thing is, I think the transition phase is going to be the painful bit because That's we're still going to have us. Yeah, we're still going to have us behind the wheels, but also the cars, yeah. because you and I might be able to predict the way a human would behave, but yeah. we're unused to predicting the way a car will behave. Consistent as a car's behavior yeah. might be, yeah. once it, it thinks for itself. Yes. Um, we won't know how to deal with that. You know, you swerve sometimes because you can see someone is not paying attention in the car in front of you. But when there's a driverless car, what that, do you know, how do you know what to do? Yeah, it's it's an it's an interesting thing. But there was lots that happened. I mean, we can talk about this for a whole show. And I think the South by Southwest it it boasts being one of the most diverse collections of people in any one place from all walks of life. And I mean, you've got people that are photographers and craft brewers and designers and venture capitalists they're coming from all walks of life you know the 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 whole city is south by atlanta no oh. i'm talking about austin yeah austin okay so you got food trucks everywhere yes. all the hipsters and and believe me you get some amazing amazing food and you get some pretty dodgy barbecue stuff as well yes yes you've got people on um little scooters yeah they rent these scooters out so you can go from one hotel to the next conference center to the next okay. expo to whatever it is they've got people riding around um peddling those 
things that you sit in yeah, as a passenger. Rixie taxis or something. But it's got a Game of Thrones throne for you to sit <laughs> in. They've got stormtroopers in full yeah. uniform walking around. So it's all about experience. It's yeah, it's totally immersive. And that's also why you won't, if you go online, you mentioned this to me earlier, you won't yeah. find any summary of South by Southwest. Yeah. You're going through my Instagram. Yeah. So you, re- you wrote a really cool blog. Yeah. Um, a while back about it. I think Thanks. you were at day three. Yeah. And it was really interesting because not everybody gets to go to this. No. And I think that's one of the privileged things of, of being in the space. Is well, also the, the people who go want to go again. And like if you you've, were, if you've been to, now, you've hey? been to a couple of these all over the world, yep. right? I've spoken to people who've been to a number of them, like Toby Shapshack, who goes to everything. Yes. And Toby says South by Southwest is the one place he doesn't miss out on every year. And he's been asked to speak five years. Wow. And he's been six. Wow. So he really does know what he's talking about. And now you were a speaker. Uh, I mean, you yeah, had the speaker did. thing. And what was the topic? We were talking about mobile technology in Africa, the opportunities that that creates, what awesome. Africa is doing that is in some ways far more uh, innovative and, and future forward for sure than what's happening in America. You know, they don't, Americans use phones because they're not at their laptop or they're not at their desk. They still, it's a landline culture. It's bizarre. They bank by going to the bank. Yeah, I know. Americans don't have apps for their But banks. South Africans don't even realize that. We, we've, we've lived with it. We don't even realize that security, online security for purchases and transactions was actually developed here. Well, and that we started doing mobile banking before first world countries. Exactly. And those kinds of things are, are, are things we should be very proud of. And again, we should be trumpeting those at a na- na- national level. For sure. It shouldn't be down to Gareth Cliff or, you know, the few South Africans who pitch up at South sure. by Southwest to be telling our stories because Africa represents, and this was the thrust of the argument yeah. that we made, Africa represents the largest, youngest, mm. unsaturated market in the world for consumers. Massive opportunity. Right. And but the thing is, the first world country, Africa seems to be this enigma. Like we know that the next billion connected and the next billion banked and the next billion whatever is in Africa. And so when someone from South Africa does go, I'm sure you were getting a lot of the questions, but like, oh, wow, you're doing it. How are you doing it? Why did you start doing it? Well, this is it. And, and you mentioned it earlier. So you've already covered this ground in your mind, but it's because necessity breeds innovation. Exactly. So if you're delivering drugs in the Congo to an outlying village and you don't figure out a way to do it by drone, it'll take eight hours and the people on the other side will be dead. Yeah. So you have to have a drone that can There's deliver chemicals to yeah. these people. You have to have, because you don't necessarily have electricity everywhere. Mm. So we develop batteries that no one else is developing. Yeah. The, the ability to pay people and make small micro payments by M-Pesa. Yeah. Only happened in East Africa, in, in East Africa, because there was no other way oh, to transfer crises, money. Uh, crises and all that stuff. There's all these solutions driven by obscure, bizarre Need. Pro- problems and needs that the first world would never know about. Well, I, I did an interview with a journalist when I got back who asked me, what was, what did you bring back from South by Southwest? Yeah. And I said to him, well, I brought back some really Bernie sauce. <laughs> Dr. Asburn's Dr. Asburn. Bernie sauce. But he, he said, no, no. And I knew he was being <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, figurative, not literal. <laughs> so what I brought back was in one sentence that if you want to make whatever your idea is successful, if you want to make a contribution, yeah. 
solve people's problems. Exactly. Full stop. So that's design thinking. Now we've been speaking a lot about design thinking and it's not this, this thing that designers can go, Oh, oh bro, I can think. It's actually this, this gap between technology and business and humans. Critically, humans testing desirability, uh, feasibility and viability of a, of a solution. It's not one maybe with another or perhaps a little bit of this and some of the, it's equal parts, business, humans and technology all coming together to solve problems. And that's where I think Africa has been doing that for decades. We know that there are this plethora of humans that all have a similar need. And the guy in the middle is going, well, shit, I can do that if I could just have that. So he goes to the guy that has that and says, well, I've got those people. You're that person. Because it's not Ubuntu. I think people lose the idea of what Ubuntu really is. But it's this this idea of collaboration really helps us move forward together. And we've been doing that just out of necessity. Whereas the rest of the world have been doing it. They're almost forcing it upon themselves. The nice thing about South by Southwest and the discussions you're, ha- you're having and the things that you are bringing back from learning there is that these are the fruits now of design thinking. And it's, it's got to be collaborative. You've it has heard, to be You've already hinted at that. Yeah. So in South Africa, we're very interested in who the, 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 the big winner is, who the great idea came from yeah. and, and how successful and rich that person is. Mm. And in, in America, you've got all these successful people looking to collaborate with other successful people to find the next big thing. They're not going to do it on their own. The one realization they absolutely have is that they, they're probably just lucky. Yeah. And it was a question of timing in many of these situations. Certainly when you look at like Zuckerberg with Facebook, just timing. Yeah. He was just the lucky guy there at at the the right time. time And people just adopted it. The required set skill set to be able to put it together. But He's not a better kind of human than you. Yeah. Thank you. Or anyone. Yeah. And all of us have got to realize that if we want to make a massive change, if we want to make a massive difference, we need to collaborate with other people. And solve problems. You're never going to get it right on your own. Solve problems that actually help people. Thank you. And that's, that's really, really cool. I mean, some of the, so we've covered it, we've covered a lot. I mean, South by Southwest must be an absolute whirlwind of, of a journey. I mean, it's 10 days. I think there's 24 tracks of possible. Um, things to do from your music to the film to interactive. Um, but And you do. You go to a bar. And you, see, you see interesting <laughs> people. You, you meet fascinating people. Yeah. Um, and just about everyone I met there was interesting in some way. Uh, you just have to ask the right questions. <laughs> and you do have a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. It's not just geek stuff. And yeah. It's not just people trying to learn as much as possible it's also people having a, a, the time of their lives the food is extraordinary yeah you drink a lot um and and you go to these bars there's one street that is just it's just bars it, it, every door left and right <laughs> is a bar and yeah. some of them are really dodgy and some of them are full of pool tables and some of them have got girls dancing on the bar and some of them have got people sitting at their laptops and and it's just crazy. It's a it's a twenty four seven crazy. Well, I think it's like that for a week of South yes, by Southwest. Yeah. But I think the rest of the time Austin is quite an, and this is not a, a kind of uh, alliteration or assonance, mm. but it's an austere place. Yes, the rest of the okay. time, Austin. I, I said in my article is more San Francisco than San Antonio. Yes. So even though it's in Texas, people think, oh well, it's in the South, so it's got this kind of. Cajun, Mexican, cowboy. Yeah. It really isn't like that at all. Austin, yeah, people don't think that. People don't uh, think new tech and greatest innovations. Austin is the second Texas. biggest tech 
place to be in, in America. And in fact, a lot of the big Silicon Valley companies are establishing headquarters in Austin because there's space and it's not so expensive. It is impossibly expensive to live in San Francisco now. I'm sure, yeah. And if you work for Google or Facebook or Amazon, you can't, there's nowhere to do what you need to do that doesn't cost you an arm and a leg. Even if you're earning the most money that, yeah. that the tech businesses can pay you, it's hard as hell to live. Billionaires have very modest houses in San Francisco. Michael Dell lives in Austin. Yeah. And Dell's headquarters are in Austin. And he has the biggest house on the hill. And he microlights and he can go down to the lake and he can spend most of the year in sun. Whereas in San Francisco, it's cold a lot of the time. And yep. in Seattle, yep. it's even worse where Bill Gates lives. It's cold and yeah. it rains. And it rains all, all the time. year round. Great Austin, for grunge rock, but not Austin really. has the, the climate of Johannesburg and Pretoria. Awesome. The awesome more, Austin. Awesome Austin. And their, their motto is keep Austin weird. That's awesome. <laughs> that really is awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, the civil rights uh, original Austinians were probably right with all the Texans were all right. The South will rise again, just in a very different way to what they had proposed. Now, Futurology Show, uh, thanks for sticking around for the time you have today. Sure. And... Uh, Telling us about your, your trips, it's always great to travel. And I think it's really great to get a global perspective on these things. We sit here in South Africa and sometimes we preach about like innovating within our bubble or trying not to. But it's great to have these stories come back from abroad saying, well, hey, we've actually got some pretty cool thinking already and back it up with what's happening overseas. I want what we're doing here to stay ahead of everyone else. I mean, there are lots of people who are doing online broadcasting. There are lots of people doing podcasting. There are lots of people with great shows like yours yeah. all over the world. The thing that I think will keep us different is that we must be hungry to be at the front. Exactly. And the only way you get to the front is by tenacity. Running with Grit. the big, running with the big dogs. Yeah. And that doesn't happen in Johannesburg. Yeah. As it, it happens in Johannesburg from a regional point of view, but if you stay in Johannesburg, you exactly. miss out on the next uh, episode in evolution. For one last thing. Uh, while you were over in the states, mm. is there this fear of digital connectedness trampling disrupting broadcasts and the nature of content development i'm going to take a completely different stance i mean we've got vr content we've got uh full immersive interaction spaces that's not what traditional broadcast like yeah. radio or television would would provide and if that's where people are going and that's what we're being enabled to consume more of where is broadcast in the next five years well you see it's actually quite simple because less is more yeah the one thing you can do um, when you're doing everything else is listen. And that makes it extraordinarily powerful. Yeah. If you think about the world and the opportunities and the amount of noise and the amount of stuff you're blasted with, you, we're in an information overload yep. in so many ways. But when you're cooking supper, when you're chopping up the vegetables, when you're running on the treadmill at when gym. When you're waiting in the traffic. When you're waiting in the traffic, the one thing you can do that won't distract you and kill you is listen. Yes. If you're busy reading an article on your phone in traffic, you're going to have an accident and die. If you're doing that while you're chopping tomatoes with a your knife, you will cut your thumb. finger yeah. off. If you're doing that while you're on the gym <laughs> treadmill, you will fall and embarrass yourself in front of everybody. But you can always listen. Yes. And don't underestimate the power of this one sense because it is the sense by which we have always gleaned the most information about our environment. Absolutely. It is the way that we have told the stories of humanity yep. orally for far longer than we've ever written. Yep. And I think that's, that is so powerful as well. I mean, Cliff Central's turning three soon. Yeah, Monday. Monday. 
three three years old. It's uh, it's it's walking and talking to some extent if it was a toddler, but it's really great to see this bold step in broadcast, especially here, saying, "Well, screw you, traditional broadcast. Let's do something different. Let's actually show you because there's so many guys talking the talk. To actually go and do something is is where the big innovation starts to happen. And the best thing we do, I love trumpeting our story. Yeah, well, let's do it for a while. It's great. Uh, you, you may have ended up with a radio show one day. Who knows? I mean, you, you know, radio is in your blood as well. But you're a, you're in a tech business effectively. Yeah. And there are stories around that and there are experiences around that that only someone like you could yeah. ever tell. Yeah. And for every hundred or thousand people who listen to this podcast every week, they get to connect with an authentic guy who's doing that stuff in everyday life. Yeah. And they're not being preached to by some person who's trying to market themselves to the masses. Yeah. You don't get that authenticity anywhere. And that's, that's sort of the trick to diversity. So the human population is so diverse. Everybody has a different need, but authentic stories, authentic content, authentic solutions will always have an audience. And I think that's, that's the key. Do you think, would you, you're nodding your head, but do you, you agree that authentic, uh, Technologies are going to be the thing that happens. It's not just oh look, I, I can do a gimmick thing. Authentic right, technologies, fluff. but authentic people making those technologies. Yeah, because authentic people are going to create authentic things. Yeah, and, and the technology is a thing. It's not. Yes, it's not, enablement. Yeah, don't start believing that that robot is a, a creature of yeah. of choice and decision and morals and ethics and ideas. Yeah, what it is is it's a creation of a person with those things, and. Authenticity is one of those, one of those legs on this tripod. The most important of those legs on this tripod. Yeah, because um, the 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 person who's communicating the idea is always more important than the means of distribution of that idea. Yeah, and and, and technology can help us, but that's absolutely something humans will never turn away from. Yeah. In fact, Casey Neistat, who I don't I don't have he's a awesome. lot of. Well, he is. I but like him. I, yeah, I just don't like. I mean, he's he's got a weird speech impediment, and he came up with that one really great video, and he he did. But he's authentic, though. Yeah, he so. did. He, well, this is what I'm getting. Yeah, to. he released a new video at South by Southwest okay. for the first time, and it's gone. I don't know how many millions of hits it's had, but the fact is, this guy is himself. Yes, he jumps off of cliffs. He does crazy things. He's married to a South African swimwear model. Not that that well, has anything to do yeah. with it, but he tells you about it. He's like, hey. That's his thing. Yeah. And he's he's Casey. No one else could be him. He gave a great presentation about being authentic. Yeah. I think what authenticity does is it gives a certain amount of endurance to, to the journey of innovation. Hmm. I think a lot of people are going and saying, well, hey, that guy's done it. I'm going to try to do it. So they try really, really hard to be something they're not. You and can only you just tie ever, yourself out. You'll only ever be the second best someone else. You'll only ever be yeah. the best you. Oh, fantastic. Hashtag. That's the lessons learned here on Futurology Show. Um, are, are you, uh, we'll do the hashtag what Gareth said, but I think it would be a long list sometimes. The, um, the future, just quickly in the wrap up. I think you've got to go and the future is yeah. going to continue. Um, we're going to, we're going to chat about some stuff when you're gone. We'll go through some, a list of some amazing stuff that's really come out, uh, post South by Southwest, mm-hmm. but the future. Are we looking at the silver lining or is there still that big gray dull cloud in the middle of it all? This is the greatest time to be alive. Stop it. I can't even believe there are still people who think this. I know you don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're just trying to be devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah. The the world is better than it's ever been for humans and it will only improve. Yeah. And and you know what? We're all going to end up not doing work because we need to earn money. 
because money won't be an issue anymore for all of us. Universal I'm, I mean basic this. income. Right. It'll happen at some point. And, yeah. and it might not happen in your or my lifetime, but there are our kids and grandkids who will live a totally different life to us. They'll look back and think that what we're going through now is working in workhouses in the Industrial Revolution. Exactly. It, you will not work for money. You will work for personal satisfaction and you will work so that you have a place and a way to share your ideas. Yeah. You will be a, a, a living, breathing, conscious organism rather than just one that does. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the nature of progress as well. The things that got us here today won't necessarily be the things that take us into tomorrow. So the fact that we're things like South by Southwest are there, the fact that you can go over there and actually partake in those events, fantastic. I mean, that's, that's just human collaboration happening already and so, it's our job to share those stories exactly thank you so much for your time gareth thank um, you. it's awesome having you in studio even though it is opposite day and you're sitting on the other side of the uh the driving desk cool good but to see you see you soon cheers cheers cool guys so you have been listening to the futurology show we have been wrapping up with gareth on uh, all about south by southwest uh in austin texas if you don't know what's going on there are some great blogs we'll be tweeting them all out soon and we'll be Moving through a lot of the topics that comes out in South by Southwest throughout the Futurology show, uh, just stick around. Between Brett Sinclair, the digital renegade, or and uh, Michael Cowan, the uh, social impact solutionist, we'll be talking about all the things from VR, AR, what's happening in medical spaces, big data. And if you've missed any of those shows that we have done, you can follow all of the podcasts right here on Cliff Central. Uh, free to free to view, free to listen. Go for it. And if you have any topics of conversation that you'd like us to focus on, feel free to tweet us at Futurology Show. You can uh, send tweets to myself at Big Brave Brett uh, or at Michael Cowan or at Brett underscore Sinclair. The three stooges, if you will, of, fu- of the future are uh, talking some amazing stuff as we go through the Futurology Show. So it's been great having you. We're going to cut off today and move into a song soon. And... Uh, We hope to have you back on the Futurology Show where we're talking more about what happened in the past, what's happening today, and where we're all going in the future. Cheers, cheers.